When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K for our preview episode of the No Huddle Show. Uh, we had an emergency podcast earlier in the week about Carson Wentz. There's been updates since then. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to play on Sunday, though it does sound like uh, there is at least some optimism that it's not as serious as because you just never know with back injuries. I think they said cracked vertebrae, which in my to my ears sounds pretty serious. <laughs> I think I, I personally would not do anything after that happened to me, but these guys are way tougher than I am, I guess. Yeah, and to add to that, the, both reports from Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter said that the uh, vertebrae could heal on its own with rest. So that kind of signifies what you should do with him. You I know, wonder what they're going to do now. Yeah. I mean, they took the cautious approach with his knee. He would have played week one if he could. He would have played in the preseason because that's who Carson Wentz is. But uh, it's interesting. You know, they're, uh, on Thursday in the locker room, Jordan Matthews talked, and he pretty openly said he could tell that it, was, it had been bothering Carson Wentz for a few weeks. He, he wanted Carson to have the opportunity to, like, give specifics, but he was, like, pretty clear it was bothering him. He's a tough guy. Everybody respects him, but Carson's not the guy who's going to come out and say, this is bothering me. This is why things haven't been working. And, I mean, we if you just listen to what we've talked about the last two weeks, we could, we were talking about how he didn't look the same as a runner. Like, that came up. Like, we didn't know there was a back thing going on. I mean, th- this was a thing that, like, randomly appeared on the injury report and uh, – Earlier this seven. week seven and and week eight, I believe, uh, and then it kind of faded away. So I mean, there was no reason for us to think anything of it, but clearly it was still lingering. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was clearly affected by something. I mean, it was pretty evident that he just didn't look comfortable out there at times. Uh, what's amazing is the numbers that he was able to put up while dealing with this. Uh, Carson's the top ten quarterback at worst. He's a really talented guy, but him at 65 or 70 percent might not be helping the team, you know, moving forward as competitive as he is. Now, his 60 or 65, 70 percent are better than most backups in the NFL, but his let alone some starters who are pretty bad, right? But his backup is a Super Bowl MVP, a guy who's done it before, who's had pretty great games and shown he can lead a playoff team. I, I just don't see the upside in playing Carson Wentz moving forward this season. He's going to enter an all important fourth season he could get theoretically extended you wrote an amazing piece about it oh, uh, thanks man earlier uh, in the week uh you know just surveying agents executives and some former uh executives about that uh contract look if if rest is is the, the best medicine then rest is what he should get this is the future of your franchise even if you don't sign him to a long-term extension you have him for at least the fourth year of his contract, the fifth year option, 
probably at least two franchise tags. There's time to figure that out, but you want him to make it so that he can come back, bounce back, and have a great year in his fourth season. This team still has an abundance of talent despite the injuries, and I think it's the right move to have Nick Foles start on Sunday against the Rams and moving forward at least until week 16. Until and then the, you see where you're at. Yeah. You, you see where you're at. I think the Eagles – here's something I want to talk about when we, when we kind of talk about the Carson Wentz thing. Some people are going to view this as, you know, he's leaving them high, not high and dry, but he's leaving them, he's injured at the, like, the wrong time. Um, a lot of people have talked about this playoff race, their hopes being left kind of hanging on, on a thread. But they have a really good opportunity here if they're somehow able to upset the Rams or the Texans and then beat the Redskins. The Vikings play a tough schedule, as we alluded to in the previous podcast, same with the Panthers. Car- Nick's shown he can do it before. I think this team doesn't really skip much of a beat. There's going to be a little bit of an adjustment on offense because they have different strengths. But I overall, I, I think the Eagles signing Nick Foles put them in a position to deal with something of, of this nature. Yeah, I mean, this is why you keep Nick Foles this year. In reality. I still believe they should have traded him, like I talked about in the past. But at this point, this is why you – gave him that money. Uh, I mean, he can make I think $250,000 for every game he plays and then another 250 for every win they get while he's starting. So, uh I mean, he has a, he has some incentive to keep things not as not as if he wouldn't try anyway, but he can make quite a bit of money over these next 3 weeks. Um what I'm curious about is the way like a lot of the reports have been phrased is like they're they're seeing if if he can play on it or like the Rest will help, but they're seeing you feel like. So I'm curious if after this week, if they just keep him around on the active roster, or if they put him on injured reserve and sign somebody else, or take a flyer on a developmental quarterback and throw him in the practice squad. Or I don't know. I, I'm I'm just curious to see how they approach, because it is only a couple weeks, and if they decide he's not going to play, maybe it, it that's what's factored in is if they make the playoffs, would he come back? So maybe they don't put him on IR to like save that possibility. But if he has a bad back injury, waiting three weeks, it's still going to be there. Like that's just the nature of back injuries. Yeah, and I think from a competitive standpoint, keeping him active always leaves the lingering possibility. You know, Houston might have to prepare for both. Washington might have to prepare for both. I guess that this is the type of team this is where they don't want. That's why they're so. Secure I mean, they wouldn't it. tell us who the starting quarterback was for right. the first couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So I think from a competitive advantage, and also their roster numbers, they were able to add a defensive end. They were able to um, add a running back. They have the numbers probably in their favor at least down the stretch. So they don't really necessarily need that last roster spot. Um, you know, it's a far different situation than Darren Sproles, where you were trying to figure out week to week what his. Well, that 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 makes me think of, I think we we've alluded to this. Like, so Timmy Jernigan, uh, was Jordan Hicks? Did Jordan Hicks practice on Thursday? I don't know if I saw him out there. Anyway, I, I, my impression is that both him and Jernigan aren't going to play this week. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hicks wasn't in practice, but uh, those are two guys that are battling injuries that have plagued them. I mean, back like we're talking about a back injury, especially on a 300-pound defensive lineman. He's only played one game, 19 snaps. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play again this year. Hicks, it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't play again this year. So then all of a sudden, those are a couple blank spots on the roster where you kind of need some depth. So I'm curious if anybody else winds up on injured reserve this season. Yeah, I mean, they, they brought up Bruce Hector this past weekend. Maybe that fills the journey in void as the fourth defensive tackle, but... 
you know, you they've also cut him twice. So you don't know how they necessarily feel about him. Cornerback is whatever. <laughs> Safeties, you know, they're hoping to get Avante Maddox. Yeah, it looks like he's going to he's practiced uh, all week so far. So that's that's. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, almost bigger than even get Sidney Jones, who's banged up still with his hamstring injury. It's almost bigger than getting him back because Maddox can play multiple positions and. He's been pretty effective when he's played this year. It's been four games now, I think. He's missed three or four games. Uh, I think they've missed him. He's a, he's an upgrade from Corey Graham if they play him there. Uh, LeBlanc's been good enough at slot cornerback that it seems like he'd probably come back and start at safety, right? Yeah, I'm starting to think that, well... Unless Jones that, doesn't play, I guess. Yeah, if Jones doesn't play, I think Maddox would be on the outside. Yeah. And Russell would be your number one. Um, but... You know, they have 95 offensive linemen, so they're set there. Uh, <laughs> Chance Warmack, you know? They replaced Corey Clement with Boston Scott. Great Scott! Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if uh, we'll get, we're about, we'll start the game preview uh, in a minute, but I, I am cu- kind of curious to see if he gets some touches, if he gets some looks. Maybe not this week, I but over the last three weeks. Oh, that would make sense. I mean, why not, right? Yeah, because um, yeah, Clement was doing that. Good call. Uh, it'd either be him, Sheldon Gibson, or. Yeah, I think Gibson small. might. I think Gibson's going to get some looks there, too. Yeah, it makes sense. Why not? I mean, he's been on the active roster all year, which I feel like we forget. He's never been inactive this season. Well, he, and they, he's a pretty good gunner. I think that's... Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Like, that's probably what it is. But it, 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 people would forget he existed if not for, like, the Camus Grugier Hill yeah, play he pulled. Hey, that's why you <laughs> Although somebody joked uh, when we went out to practice and Carson Wentz was just standing out there on Thursday. Uh, somebody's like, are we sure that's not Shelton Gibson? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. But yeah, so let, let's talk about this actual game now, because Wentz ties into that, obviously, since he won't be playing, it seems like. Um, so you have Nick Foles. We talked about this a little bit, but Nick Foles starting. I mean, he's, he will have a whole week of first-team reps uh, in preparation. I mean, he started the first couple of games of the season. How much more confident are you in him right now than maybe you were when you left week two? I, more I, or less same. I think I think I'm pretty confident. You know, he's gotten to, to watch the way Mike Groh works. He's gotten to see how Press Taylor works as a quarterback's coach for pretty much an entire season. Uh, he's got that built-up rapport. He knows the offense inside and out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he's been able to work with guys like um, Golden Tate and um, uh, Dallas Goddard, guys that were new weapons to him for a little bit. I also think he's got a pretty good rapport with Alshon Jeffrey, who wasn't there in week two. Um, you know, Darren Sproles was only there for a week, or basically half a game. Um, and I think, you know, Josh Adams, he worked with a lot on scout team when Adams was on the practice squad. or And in training camp. Or in training camp, and then also um, when he was, like, the clear fourth string guy for a little bit. No one knows why that is. but uh, <laughs> Adams? Yeah, Adams. But... Again, I, I think he's he's been around this offensive line pretty much his entire career. Yeah, so, that's a good point because yeah, these guys have all been around a while. Yeah, so again, I think, look, Nick's done it before. You can talk about his high-variance nature all you want, but the fact of the matter is he is capable of having epic games. He's capable of having stinkers. There's no in-between. Honestly, that makes this kind of down-the-stretch three-game run more exciting from my perspective because... If he blows up and he's streaky, when he plays well, he plays well for a bit. Uh, that could lead to a playoff berth. Uh, we've seen crazier stuff happen, you know, like throwing for 373 passing yards and three touchdowns against the Patriots and outdueling Tom Brady. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's room for optimism. I don't think there's a massive. 
this season, I don't think there's a massive drop-off between Wentz and... Or at least Wentz from recent weeks. Right. Well, but if you look at it, the Eagles are only averaging about 21 points a game. They were averaging 19.5 a game with Nick Foles. So, um, if you're a big stats guy, there isn't a, there, there is a massive drop-off from, like, completion uh, attempt per attempt and stuff like that. But I think Nick's capable. Like, it'd be one thing if they were passing off the... Uh, the job to a guy like Tyler Bray or Chase Daniel or something of somebody of that ilk. But I think Nick Foles has proven that he can play and that his teammates adore him. So it's, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to, at least not this week. I don't think he's going to go out there and win them the game on Sunday, but I could see him not losing the game for them. And I, I think a lot of this will come down to how much the defense can not necessarily even stop the Rams offense because I don't think you can really stop that offense, at least not the way the Eagles defense currently looks because they have Todd Gurley, they have those two receivers, they have Jared Goss, but had a good year, though he did struggle recently. Um, and the Eagles gave him trouble last year, if I remember correctly. Yes. I mean, everybody only remembers the Gwen's injury from that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think this this game will more come down to how the defense plays, and as long as Nick Foles doesn't throw a bunch of interceptions, it'll come down to how the defense can contain Gurley, really. Yeah, on a positive note, too, they've kind of, you know, you always hear defensive coordinators and players say turnovers come in bunches. Well, they have. They've had five turnovers. They've created five turnovers on defense in the last three games. Obviously, they didn't beat the Cowboys. I think they had nine, like, going into last week or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, or something like that, that's yeah. pretty impressive that yeah. they've been able to kind of put this stretch run together. And hopefully that leads to more. The sacks have been there. Um, Jared Goff, you hit him. You can throw him off his mark. Unlike, I mean, you know, he... he He's a guy that can get rattled. He doesn't have Cooper Cup around anymore. Brandon Cooks is like the big threat in their wide receiving game. I would worry more about Robert Woods, though. That guy is just such a sound route runner. He can run every route. He can get open pretty easily. It depends on who they put on him and coverage. Yeah, let's say, so let's get jump into matchups now. That's a good spot to start at because I think the matchups with those receivers, him and uh, Brandon Cooks, who the last time the Eagles saw him, uh, Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins knocked his lights out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like he went off the field and he didn't play again in the Super Bowl. I mean, that hit was like insane. It was. I've, well, I'm sorry, nobody Cook asked Jenkins about that. Actually, I just yeah. thought of that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so you have Razul Douglas. Uh, even if Jimmy Jones is playing, he's banged up. And at this point, we're sounding like we talked when we talked about Darren Sproles. Like until Cindy Jones can play in a game and play for a full game. Uh, I don't have all that much confidence that he'll be able to do much. But Razul Douglas, Craven LeBlanc, Vontae Maddox, I mean, it's going to be a tough match because those guys are, especially Woods, like he catches everything that's thrown to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Corey Graham has actually played a little bit better as of late too. Relative nice... to where he was playing, it's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think you're you're cool. I think, Le... I think Maddox is a guy who, he's going to be a player here for a while. I, I do think he's a really, I think he can grow and do. Is he where he needs to be right now? Probably not, but he has shown enough flashes that he's versatile enough that he can play a couple of different roles. Uh, I think that's a positive. I actually trust him more in coverage than I do Sidney Jones at this point, just because yeah. of the injuries and everything. Well, um, though, to be fair, Maddox probably will be rusty. Um, sure. And I'm curious to see, like, what kind of snap count he gets. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, they could split it with him and Corey Graham. He can play a little in the slot if he needs to. Uh, I mean, another thing to consider in terms of, like, the defending the pass is Todd Gurley's almost an extra receiver out there. Like, he's a really good pass catcher. 
Yeah, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have really disciplined linebackers in this one. I mean, I Ma- Malcolm think- maybe Malcolm gets a lot of looks on him, right? Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, I think the guy that you kind of want to look at is Nathan Gary. Uh, he's got the speed to kind of run with him. He's got he's he's tackled relatively well over the last couple of games. That could be an interesting uh, matchup. And then, you know, when you look at this defensive line, the Rams' offensive line is pretty good, but yeah. this defensive line, at least the starting unit, is pretty impressive too. Michael Bennett's having a fantastic year. Brandon Graham's getting a lot of pressure. Um, Chris Long's getting a lot of pressure. I mean, Fletcher too. Cox. <laughs> yeah, you got Fletcher Cox. He's kind of okay. I mean, him and uh, he had he had ten total pressures last week for, insane, from one player. That like that's insane. And then Bennett had like a measly six or seven. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like I the, think... two, the two of them as like a tandem. Like, there's few outside of the Rams. There's very few teams I would I would like be as comfortable with as like my top my top pass rusher at the end and my d- defensive tackle like Fletcher Cox. If Aaron Donald just like didn't exist, he'd be the number one defensive tackle in football right now. But he's yeah, kind of he flies under the radar because he doesn't put up those sack numbers. I know that he started off kind of doing that this year, and he talked about how he wanted to win Defensive Player of the Year, and then Aaron Donald is like on pace to break the sack record. So it's uh, I mean, that's kind of like an underlying storyline here, where like Fletcher Cox maybe he's gonna be out there to prove that he belongs in that discussion this week. But yeah, I mean that that defensive line. I mean, we've talked about how it's been it's the key to them having a chance at anything, and we've seen that the last few weeks. Yeah, for sure. And I think another key is Malcolm Jenkins, as you brought up earlier. I think he's the guy that kind of holds the the secondary together. He's done a good job of holding them together. And you know, I'm interested to see how he does against like Tyler Higby and and um, Gerald maybe Edward. some of the run, running backs. But on the other side of the ball. I think this is a really big matchup for Alshon Jeffrey. I was just about to say that. See, who are Uh, are their corners? Marcus Peters and um, Marcus Peters. Let's see. They have Sam Seals, Troy Hill, Hill, Nickel, Roby Coleman. I keep Dalib's injured. And then a bunch of safeties. So I don't right, know, yeah. I don't, so I don't know who Mar- Marcus Peters would be the big matchup, but yeah. Marcus Peters is a big physical corner. He hasn't had a great season either, actually. Well... I mean, you, you got to hope that Alshon Jeffrey makes yeah, continues yeah. that. that I, well, trend. I mean, the Rams have given up a lot of yards this year. They have. For how the much defense. money they spent on their secondary, like that's it's not great. They do have two pretty strong nickel corners in uh, Lamarcus Joyner and yeah. Nickel Roby Coleman. Is that yeah, yeah, it's a tough name. Yeah, I, yeah off the top of your head, you got to figure out which of the three. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but but yeah, Lamarcus Joyner, he's another guy that paid a lot of money too. Yeah, and he's actually a pretty decent player. So five eight one ninety one. So yeah, small, he'll be in but. Slot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is a team that you can run on. This is a team that you can pass on. It's just a matter of how you run your offense. And I think Nick Foles, if they bring a lot of RPO, while the league has been able to study it, um, they might be able to get a guy like Dante Fowler off his mark with some trickery and some uh, delayed handoffs and stuff like that. I think their linebackers are a little um, quick to the quick to the release as it were like they're they're very i'm trying to think of the right word they're very aggressive and if you can get them off their spot or take them out of where they're trying to be i think you're gonna be in really good shape i think this is a good matchup honestly for for zach Ertz, i think they have some good linebackers mark baron might match up against him a little bit but i i, I zach Ertz is unstoppable and i think too you figure out a way to get Nelson Aguilar more involved. You know, he had a big game in last year against them in week 14. So 
I've kind of seen what I've needed to see from Golden Tate. He can be a rotational wide receiver. Bad trade. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it was a bad trade. He's a good player. It was yeah, a bad trade. They didn't They didn't think about how they were going to use him when they made the trade. Like it's well, not, or I don't if even, they did, they were wrong. I don't even think it's a comment on him saying that it's a bad trade. It's more just like there wasn't. They didn't figure out how they were going to incorporate him in the offense, or they thought it was going to be way easier than it. I mean, in theory, he he seems like a player that would fit seamlessly in on almost any team. He's a you know a guy who catches everything, gets catches after the yards after the catch, and he. I mean, th- there was the one week where it looked like they figured it out. I mean, he yeah, he was connected with Wentz, and then last week he played twenty snaps, and their explanation was, well, we went to twelve personnel and we only have one ball, and and, and I get that they have because Dallas Goddard, I think, almost a mistake. The better trade would have been just to to play Dallas Goddard more and, and not trade for a guy like Golden Tate. Maybe you, they were trying to get Robbie Anderson in the Jets. I think that would have been very interesting. He probably would have better fit in this scenario because you don't need to play that guy every snap. Like maybe you need to with Golden Tate for him to get into a groove. But uh, running back. So Col- Corey Clement is out. So I'm kind of curious. They only have not, they have three active running backs. One of them is Boston Scott. And for um, Wendell Smallwood, <laughs> I guess he counts. <laughs> so they'll probably play Wendell a d- decent amount this week. But I imagine Darren Sproles is going to play a much bigger role, especially if they fall behind. And, I mean, last week, uh, Sproles played more snaps than Josh Adams, actually, which was a mistake on the Eagles' part because Adams played really well and then he didn't get the ball again for a while. Uh, but I'm curious to see if they do the whole thing where they, where they run it effectively in the beginning, they fall behind, Darren Sproles starts getting in all the time, and then Josh Adams becomes a non-factor because he still doesn't do much in the passing game. So it would be a mistake again, I think. But, I mean, how, how do you see that going in terms of the rushing attack? Well, as I, as I brought up with the RPO action, I think Sproles fits that, yeah. and Josh Adams does too. And they're two different paces too because you got Josh Adams, who's a one-cut guy, a lot like LeGarrette Blunt. You've got Darren Sproles, who's got that trickery that – he can pretty much run anywhere. He can turn on a dime. I think that helps because when you're trying to strategize for both those guys, you've got to set the edge. You've got to be able to make sure that you're playing sound football. You've got to tackle well. Um, I think that'll assist the passing game. That's why I don't think you can get away from the run in this game. Um, The Rams have allowed quite a bit of rushing yardage this season. So I think you have to just stick with it. The way you'll know if this game is going in the Eagles' favor is it's lower scoring. The Eagles need to keep this as a lower yeah, scoring yeah, yeah. game. They're I not agree. a team that can put up a lot of points. Um, it would kind of be encouraging to see them get the ball first. And score. And, and then have Nick Foles <laughs> kind of lead a touchdown that, drive. That, that wouldn't be great for the, the Wentz whole thing this year. If Nick Foles comes out and scores first drive and the Eagles haven't scored in the first quarter in uh, 10 out of 13 games this year. Yeah, you know, I mean – I get the comparisons. I get the thing. It's I mean, just it's just natural that I, I, don't, I think it's unfair to Wentz in reality. Like right, but it's just the narrative, and you know Wentz sees and reads, and you know I think he was probably thinking about that too much when he was playing this season, how Carson about how Nick was the Super Bowl winning quarterback and he wasn't. I think that was on his mind. I mean, it could yeah, it could be very well. That's okay. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying like that's fans have gotten there's some fans that have gotten pretty ridiculous with this whole Carson Wentz thing. Uh, we don't need to touch on that too much, but I, I like Nick Foles coming out and winning these three games or being great in the first quarter or something like that. That won't help the cause. I mean, four wins. It does put them in like a very weird position, but I mean that's something we can talk about if that happens. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, think, that's a very hypothetical. I think something that's like interesting about this fan base is you're. You can't appreciate what Nick Foles did and appreciate how good Wentz is. It just seems like nobody yeah. can really do both from an objective standpoint if you put your emotions in it. You know, one guy got you a Super Bowl. 
The other guy is the future of this fan- franchise and probably the best quarterback to ever play here, talent-wise. So it, it's tough for people to differentiate. What I think is very interesting is there's radio personalities, there's bloggers that get very frustrated with the Nick Foles love because it is kind of overwhelming. And so they go the complete opposite way and make make it sound like he's like a terrible. There's, there's no middle ground with this discussion. Right. Yeah. It's some people think he's Dan Marino, other people think he's Brody Croyle. It's like <laughs> guys, there's a middle ground here. He's probably more of he's Nick Foles. He's in the middle. <laughs> yeah, he's Nick. That, Foles. That's what Maybe he is. He's Dak Prescott. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'll get more. People got mad when you said that a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. But again, I think Nick's a guy who has done this before. He's not going to be, he's not going to get flustered. He's not, he's won a super, it means it's a Super Bowl MVP. Rasul Douglas said, you know, it's impossible to doubt him because he's done it on the biggest stage. And yeah, the first two weeks, mixed results, but. He's pretty bad in the preseason too, but yeah. Right, right. But maybe having that time to kind of get away from it mentally is helpful so you can get, again, he's a streaky quarter. I was going to say, I mean, it's always been about getting his feet under him with him. So maybe having that, because like we said the other day, like he didn't have that last season. Like mm-hmm. so maybe he comes in and he has a little momentum going. Um, I mean, and there's built-in confidence in him now, whereas he kind of had to earn it a little bit last year. I know everybody had the confidence in him, but that was like an outward thing. But I'm sure there were some doubts on this team. And this just came into my brain, and I want to pose it to you. Those first two games, he knew that he was eventually going to be benched. That's true. Now he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, well, and he's playing for a job right. next year. He, he's not, but he doesn't have to worry about the curtain being pulled. You know what I mean? I think maybe that helps you too. He's not a spot holder. He's he's a guy that could really like that looming figure in the distance. Like right, yeah. right. He doesn't have a guy over his shoulder unless they miss the playoffs, which means that he's not playing that well anyway. You know, he, whether he plays well or not, he's not going to be replaced by Carson Wentz. I mean, and the reality is. These, however, if it's three games that he plays, like this is going to decide whether a team is willing to give him money and make him their starting quarterback, even more than a year. Because I think that's the biggest thing. I think, like, if it was right today, if he was going to sign with another team, be their starter, it's as a short-term stopgap for a rookie, or as a short-term stopgap for a young guy already on a roster. Whereas maybe if he comes and he shows that maybe, hey, he's the Super Bowl MVP, Nick. Maybe teams are a little more willing to give him a three-year deal. And I don't, I don't see him as someone who's going to sign a one-year contract anywhere. At this stage of his life. This strikes me as like Kurt Warner when he went to the Cardinals. You know, they brought him in as insurance for Matt Liner. You know, wanted him to eventually develop. Kurt played so well that it didn't really matter. Yeah. I, it's not the same situation, but like Nick it's a, can I think it's that. an interesting comparison, yeah. Yeah. Nick can earn that. He's been around the league. He's a journeyman. He's won a Super Bowl MVP, kind of like Kurt Warner. You know, there's there are some parallels there. So... Again, I think this is a good matchup for Nick. Do I think they win this game? No, no, I don't think they win this game. Right, what, what's your? What, let's do the predictions then. What's your? I think I here, said. Let's, I'll, pull, I'll pull up what you got. But, but give your reasoning for why. Well, you have. Uh, I, I just think it's on the road. If it was at home. Thirty I, to twenty-four. Thirty to twenty-four. I think I would feel a lot more confident if they were at home. Um, but again, I, I think Nick's in a position to not lose them the game, as you brought up. And I think they beat Houston, and I think they beat Washington. I think they have a shot at this this thing. People need to realize this game, unless like the Vikings and, and Panthers both win this weekend, doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this was circled as a probably loss before the season right. even started. So, like, 
you just build that into your expectations this year. I have it going a little more lopsided. I have the Rams 35, Eagles 17. I just think, number one, I've said this all year, I just don't think this Eagles team is very good. Uh, they I, they match up pretty fairly well in like the trenches, but that's I'm still worried about that secondary over the course of four quarters, especially if the offense goes and has three and outs and the defense has to play 80, 90, 100 snaps again. Like They're, they're not going to be able to handle the Rams. I mean, the Rams usually score quicker than that because they have such big play threats like a Todd Gurley. Um, if they can't stop Todd Gurley, then I, I know they've had some running backs run on them. They still won this year, but I, I, he's just so dynamic. And he, they almost lost to the Giants because of Saquon, and the Giants stopped giving Saquon the ball. And he's probably the most similar of a player that the Eagles have faced this year to Gurley. I know they're a little different, but <clears throat> I don't see the Eagles win this game. I've said I think they finished the season 7-9. and nine. I especially think that now that Carson Wentz isn't playing. I like Nick Foles, but I think they're going to lose the Texans, beat a measly Redskins team in Week 17. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what this game does, if you upset the, the Rams, it gives you wiggle room. because I do For think, sure. That, that changes everything, yeah. Right, I, I do think that... They're almost in the driver's seat at that point, honestly. Right, I do think the Vikings and the, and the um, Panthers. Panthers are going to finish one and two in, in both their respective So trios. Eagles need to win two, two wins games. and two games in that scenario, yeah. Um, you know, do you want that pressure if you have to beat the Texans? You know what I mean? That's That's, I mean, it's... If you put the pressure on you to beat the Rams, it's kind of the same thing, I guess. But, you know, this team could, if they win three straight games, you never know. There's a lot of those guys from that Super Bowl run. There's a lot of guys that have a lot of confidence in Nick. It wouldn't Again, be the first time he won three games in a row. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I'm probably pegged as more of the optimist in this one. It's not that I'm being optimistic. It's just I've seen what Nick Foles has been able to do. I, I, I think my... my Mine is more related to the team around him this year as right, compared to the team around fair. him last year. Oh, this is not the Super Bowl. Team, yeah, like I don't think that's they the thing. Go- Part of the reason why he was able to, you know, run the. I mean, he was amazing in the last two games of the year. He wasn't great again in the Falcons game. Mm-hmm. He wasn't very good in that Raiders game towards the end of the season. Right. Uh, the Cowboys one didn't matter, and then he was pretty good in like the Rams and the Giants, Giants game. But uh, I mean, that roster, that roster is one of the best rosters this team has ever had. I mean, beyond the fact that they won the Super Bowl, just like talent-wise, mm-hmm. like if you look back, like they got lucky on a, f- a bunch of guys. They got lucky on Patrick Robinson. You know, Legarrette Blunt fit right in. Chris Long fit right in. Uh, there was all those you know smaller skilled guys who had these big roles. Like it, it was a perfect like everything. Like you can never get it as perfect as it was last year. Just everything came together in like this crazy way and. I think like they're going to make a movie about that around here at some point, the way that season went, because it was just crazy. But this isn't that team. I think we've said that many times this year. Yeah, you know, I, so, they're they're not that team. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they can't win three games and make it to the playoffs. Nick Foles will have to be like Super Bowl Nick Foles if they're going right. to win all three. But we've seen him but, be Super yeah. Bowl Nick Foles, so you never know. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> That's a good point to end on. We had we both have them losing, but uh, we'll be out in L.A. this weekend. If you guys are out there, give us a shout. Thanks for listening. Uh, leave us a comment. We're on all the podcast apps, and uh, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs>